2: This is uh, Pat and Stoop. Yep. Triple eight seven two seven. Back. Along our with phone number. Mm. All right. Hello. And along with. Um... No, nah, there's nobody over there.
3: No, I've
2: been there. He,
3: uh... Oh, th- look, there he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's upset at what we just said, isn't he? Yeah, sorry. Right. i sorry about that, Jeffy. <laughs> Shut up. Shut <laughs> uh, up, stupid. Don't even uh, say anything. Don't even, Okay, uh, your mic's I off. He said, "Shut up." Your <laughs> mic's off. Okay. Uh, there you go. That's our Jeffy for the day. Why? Because Jeffy didn't bother to show up didn't to work. Actually well, come he came, came in. And then he left, right?
2: Yeah. He was um, sick. Uh, that's his claim. Uh, a lot of
3: people uh, asking which disease is winning today, which I thought was. Uh, was it's gonorrhea today. Is it gonorrhea? Yeah. Gonorrhea get, when he, gonorrhea uh, gets the upper hand, he will occasionally miss a, a day or two. Yeah. Um, because there's a
2: constant syphilis. I mean, war don't on. get me wrong, there's still an underlying herpes simplex 19 or whatever. Oh, herpes won't be held back for uh, long. No. Uh, and we know chlamydia um, will eventually ally with. A, as with
3: the, well as syphilis. Yeah, syphilis. I it kind of stays, it uh, but it will eventually yeah. beat back gonorrhea enough so there's again the equilibrium returns and Jeffy can come back into work.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, but we're but very. That's, uh, that's not the case today, so that's why he's not here. You know
3: what we're saying, Jeffy, with all your diseases and such, right? Are you? You know what I'm saying, right, Jeffy? Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. You're very. Uh, you're uh, very. Uh, frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, your mic's not on though. That's the only problem. You're talking. Yeah, we can't then, hear you. Okay, we can't, can't hear you. Hear you. Um, I, I really, we did this a while ago when Jeffy was out for some yeah, it reason works worked like And it vacation. worked
2: better than when he's actually here. Yeah, like if
3: we so. just kind of say something and then they go to Jeffy and he makes the face and throws his hands up like he's upset and then doesn't <laughs> turn his mic on when speaking, it actually covers most of what he does uh, for the actual show. It's
2: actually 99.97%. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Air purification system.
3: <laughs> so uh, it looks like Obamacare is going to stay with us forever. And I'm really excited Yay! about that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Lee and uh, Jerry Moran came out last night and said, look, um, hey, we have a uh, problem here. We're not going to go along with this because it's a piece of crap bill. It's not exactly how Mike Lee put it, but it's basically what he was saying. Pretty uh, close, he, he is man. correct on that uh, on that point. Um, And, you know, we really need more Mike Lees, not less. We need uh, to clone him. We need a a really crappy Star Wars prequel uh, Mm filled with Mike Lees. um, And that would make our country a lot better. However, we don't have that right now. So he's kind of just right now stopping really bad bills from being passed. Uh, It's an interesting um, development. They're going to try to do a full repeal. Now, the full repeal is not a full repeal. You should know that. It's all about, as Mike Lee put it, it's about a two thirds repeal. It will keep a lot of the regulations in place, which is really damaging and it's going to cause all sorts of problems. Um, however, they'll have two years to solve them uh, and come up with something to uh, alleviate those problems, hopefully.
2: Uh, here's what uh, President Trump said. We were let down. Uh, he says, uh, he said on Twitter this morning, we were let down by all of the Democrats and a few Republicans. Most Republicans were loyal, terrific, and worked really hard. We will return. Now, he's placing the blame, it seems to me, mainly on people like Mike Lee, who, he was the one who was loyal. He was loyal to his principles. He was loyal to conservatism. He was loyal to the Americans being told, we're going to repeal this awful bill. We're going to repeal it. It, was, it and, seemed like there was going to be an adjective in there. Uh, yeah, it's, it might have been... I, no, awful was the word I was just groping with. I was oh, just trying okay. to find... How do so you bit, pronounce that word again? Uh, awful. Oh, that's right, awful. But there it seemed doesn't like there start, start been a, with an F. A qualifier. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, that might have been... <laughs> this, this awful, stinking bill uh, and... And now they're being excoriated because they're trying to stick to what they promised their constituents and the American people they would do in the first place. And that's completely repeal this thing and then replace it with something free market. Now, that's not what they were talking about. But everybody who brings that up, everybody who is loyal to that principle uh, gets hammered.
3: It's incredible to, to get see. hammered for it. Incredible to it see is. how bad they are at this. Again,
2: uh-huh. this never happens, never happens in the Democrat Party. Never. Remember, they passed Obamacare with 60 votes. Yeah. 60.
3: They didn't, have yep. to, they didn't get to 51. They got to 60 votes. Jeez. And they had Republicans assisting them getting uh, the votes to the finish line. Now, they didn't vote for it, but they voted to let it proceed, uh, which, of course, meant it was going to pass.
2: And, and they got it through with the vast majority of Americans being opposed to it. They did it anyway. Yep. It was like it's always been a bill underwater. It's, you know, 39 to 44% with some group of people undecided. I mean, it was, it was never the majority uh, that wanted this bill in place. And so they got it done anyway. Why is it always the fact that Democrats can do that, Republicans cannot? Why? It, it's, it's the bane of our existence right now. You know, I used to think, Mary, this is my, my old school belief
3: was... Republicans wanted to do these things like lowering taxes and lowering regulation, but they always felt that. They always wormed out at the last minute because they felt like, well, we can't do that. And well, we, we can't, can't be mean to the Democrats. Or, or just so, you know, they can't cut funding for their own, or it's going to burn us in an election later. We can't really go for it. I've definitely <clears> changed <throat> my view over the years to now they actually don't even want it. It, it, they are not interested in a free market solution. That's not what they want. Yeah. They want to be able to give a bunch of free money to people with their brand name on it. That's what they want. Um, and you might say, well, they be, might be cutting some funding. They have to have some position that's different. They can't just be all Democrats overtly. They have to have a slight difference. And that's, that's what this bill did. It slightly <laughs> changed some things enough to, so they could say it was different. And there were slightly different approaches, but tons of the same money was going out uh, to the same people. Uh, And, you know, it was just it was a crap heap of a bill from the beginning. If and I said this at the the, when this whole thing started, if they had started with full repeal, full repeal, going for even 60 votes and said, you know what, we're going for full repeal and let that go through. And they would probably get 52 or 50 votes, uh, but not 60. And, and they would filibuster and it would not succeed. At least at least you could go back to the American people with some credibility and say, look, we tried to do this. It didn't work. Try it again with full repeal this way. And if you don't get the 50, uh, if you don't get 51 votes there or 50, then you come back again and say, you know what, here we go. Here's a mishmash of a bunch of different plans and we're going to try to get this through. At least you'd have a chance to convince people uh, that you actually were trying. Instead, they led with basically the most liberal health care po- policy that is possible to present from a Republican. Mm-hmm. They started mm-hmm. so far to the left that there was no more room to go left without bumping mm-hmm. your head into
2: Obamacare. And at one point, they were even saying, no, we're going to keep all the, all the taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't so much. That's as how it ended. Yeah. There were Republicans who couldn't so much as get rid of a 3.9 or 3.8% tax. I, I, it's just inconceivable. They're just so worthless. I'm not sure that word means what you think it means. Wow, that's... You keep saying it, but I yeah. don't
3: think it means what you think it means. That's
2: a good point. Because
3: mm. <laughs> it, it huh. seems to be conceived over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, it does. Somehow they yes, keep conceiving of it, don't mm. they? And it really is frustrating... This is, again, mm-hmm. you can come to me all you want and say uh, uh, this is uh, solely the, the fault of, of the uh, Senate. I think it's true, largely. I mean, I think the House and the Senate are more at fault here than the president. However, again, this is, oh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't had one thing, got one <clears throat> thing done here. I mean, you know, this I this guy who was supposed to be the guy who could bring every party together and win every negotiation
2: and always make the deal can't make any deals. Wow, is that untrue? Oh, <laughs> What a stupid state. You just put your foot in your mouth right there, my friend. Oh, you, but, you just proved your ignorance. That was embarrassing how, for you. How exactly? I am embarrassed on your behalf. I, I didn't even say it, but I'm sitting in the same room, and right now, I'm embarrassed I on your behalf. Why? Because Donald Trump has signed more bills than any president Ever in history, up to this point of his presidency, except for the fact that he hasn't done that. So that's the that's the distinction. Yes, that he hasn't. Yes, he's signed more than any other president ever. Now, for a while, he was behind FDR and perhaps Truman, but now he surpassed all of them, except for the fact that he hasn't. That seems like a. I mean. As an outside observer, a big distinction. Does it really? Because yeah, like, I, I just didn't think it was wait, even say, worth. It was almost not worth mentioning. That, that was, he hasn't the, done the thing the that The fact you were that he hasn't. He yeah. Uh-huh. Because I mean, that's almost always the case when Donald Trump speaks. It's usually just flat out, no, not true. And that's the case with this one. I, I, see, I don't know where he. What, do do they not have meetings? And he says, "Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say today that I've signed more bills than any president ever in history," and nobody in the room says, uh, uh, "Mr. President, no. no, that's that's not true. Don't say that because that'll be that'll be a firestorm. They'll they'll beat us with that for a couple of days." Hmm. Uh, I mean, does that not does that not happen in his administration? Does anybody have the balls? To say no, don't don't say that because it's not true. <laughs> I guess
3: not. Uh, here is what they say: the <laughs> truth is, He's signed 42 bills since uh,
2: uh, taking office. Here's the problem: the average of the last six presidents is 43 bills. 43. Yeah, that's the um, average of the last six. Now, this is
3: a, by the way, a <laughs> nonsensical measure of how what you're doing in office. It is. It doesn't it is, mean anything. But still, I mean, he nothing. Why are? Let's you... be honest: he has passed no major legislation. I mean, the closest you can get to is a couple of uh, of uh, Obama regulation uh, repeals and uh, mm-hmm. a couple of veterans things. Here's the breakdown of what he's done so far. He said 15 bills he signed reversing Obama regulations. This is a, now, now this I, I actually think is a positive thing they've done. I'm not trying to demean it all that much. It's just not major stuff. But what there is a uh, the Congressional Review Act, right? That's the name of it, where they can go in and. Repeal some of the things that Obama basically did in the last minute to um, mm-hmm. so that you know we don 't have uh, presidents like you know who are incentivized to wait to the last second where they can 't be held accountable and then just dump a bunch of reg- regulations so there 's an mm-hmm. ability for um, the next uh, president and Congress to come in and repeal some of those things because they were in control they were able to do that, and they did that fifteen times so that 's fifteen out of the forty two I would say those are legitimate and accomplishments, but, Mm -hmm. you know, not major legislation. Fourteen ceremonial and routine lawmaking. Ceremonial? Basically nothing. Fourteen of them are nothing. Five bureaucratic tweaks, which are largely nothing. Four space and science bills and four veterans bills. In the veterans bills, you can find some stuff in there.
2: And a partridge in a pear tree. He got that done, too. He put one partridge in a pear tree. In
3: one singular? Yeah. Pear tree? He didn't cut it up and divide no. it under? Okay, good. No. Um, by the way, Carter signed 70 bills. Um, Bill Clinton signed 50. Um, Obama was right around there, 39. George Bush only 20. So there you go. Um, but I mean, again, I, I don't know where he's know, getting o- his information. Obama signed uh, t- uh, 39 bills, which is basically the, you know right right with Trump. However, one of them was an $800 billion stimulus plan like this is you know he was able that to was get his big. his big legislation through that he wanted to start with trump has not i mean trump has had two two cracks at healthcare now and again like i am not blaming him on healthcare to be perfectly honest he has absolutely no interest in what's in that bill so you cannot blame Donald Trump for the failure of health care because he would sign anything they put on his desk. Anything. Increased taxes, lower taxes. Increased coverage, lower coverage. He would sign anything in there with a couple of minor distinctions that he's claimed before, but I bet would reverse if he needed to. He doesn't care. So, uh, that is a, a point in his favor on this. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely no interest whatsoever, which is in any of these bills. So you can't blame him for its failure. You can blame Congress. They did not bring a bill that people could, they, they could pass. And it's because your bottom, your bottom line is you have, you have a three or four constitutionalists, three or four socialists, and a bunch of establishment people that vote for everything. So, again, and most of them don't care what's in the bill. So it comes down to can you appease the three or four constitutionalists and the three or four uh, you know Democrats without losing... Uh, Half of them, and the answer to that is almost always no. It's very difficult to Mm -hmm. do, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is an amazing amount of incompetence. And I will say, if you voted for the 2015 repeal bill and you're not voting for it today, you should be thrown out of office immediately. Yeah, that is. it's not going to happen. It's not part of the Constitution. It's not part of the law. But man, I would at the very least, you should
2: be voted out of office next time.
3: I would never vote for a person who voted for that repeal bill, and then when they had a chance to get it through, didn't vote for it.
2: I wouldn't either. Never.
3: I would. I don't care if mm. they voted for everything else I wanted. I would never do that. That is, you've sold me, you, it's, I mean, how cynical can you be? When you know it's not going to pass, you vote for it. And then you go and you raise money off, of, I want to repeal Obamacare. Look, I voted for this 2015 bill to repeal of Obamacare. Then, Oh, there's a president vetoed it. We've got to get a good re- Republican president there that will sign it. Well, now you have a Republican president here, we'll sign it. And you're going to vote against it. Uh, Rob Portman is the perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Capito or Capito uh,
2: is another one. And, but the thing is, it's always somebody. It's always something. It's, it's every single time with the Repu- Republican Party. For the last, I don't know, it's got to be at least 20 years of this, where they just don't do a thing. Now, in the 90s, they did. They did the whole, I mean, they, they did welfare reform. They they uh, passed budgets. They they actually did a few things in the 1990s under Gingrich. Uh, they were pretty good. But since that time, they've squandered every single chance they've been given. I, I I don't for the life of me understand it. I don't pretend to understand it. I'll never understand it. They're just weasels. They're just spineless, uh, ballless. They just uh, can't do anything. Why? Incredible. Because Incredible. the Democrats again don't have that problem. I. Why? Why? Frustrated.
3: Amazing. Um, we have a new poll, by the way, out about the uh, most popular governors in America. Um, and oh, uh, is CPC, that Chris Christie? Uh, mm-hmm. most no, popular? He's the least popular. Oh. Fifteen uh, percent approval rating. But here is a Morning mm. Consult released uh, released them today. Uh, it's top ten here for you. Uh, at number ten, we have Asa Hutchinson. Um, from uh, Arkansas, tied with uh, Bill Haslam of Tennessee at sixty percent approval. Uh, in ninth place, Gary Herbert uh, at sixty-one uh, percent approval.
2: Is Gary Herbert is uh, sixty-one twenty-eight? The ninth least popular? No, nice most popular. Most popular. Yeah. 61, okay, sixty-one percent approval. Pretty oh good. yeah, that's good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, number eight from Vermont, uh, oddly a Republican, Phil Scott, uh, at sixty-two uh, percent. Uh, Number seven from Nevada, Brian Sandoval, another Republican. Uh, Number six uh, from Alabama, Kay Ivey. That's 64% approval rating, Mm. uh, another Republican. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number five is Dennis Doggard uh, from South Dakota, 65% approval, another Republican. Number four from North Dakota, Doug Burgum. He's at 66%. That's uh, another Republican. Number three is Matt Mead from Wyoming, uh, he's a sixty-seven percent. By the way, another Republican. Number two, Larry Hogan from Maryland at sixty-eight percent. Oh, you've, you've, um, but
2: you, there you got a Republican.
3: Yeah, he's a Republican. did yeah. I, I not point okay. that out? He's yeah, a no. Republican. Okay. And then number one, now, certainly the number one is a big-time Democrat. He's from Massachusetts, so a big-time Democrat. Uh, he Except is, of that course, he's a
2: uh, Republican. Charlie Baker, um, Republican.
3: Wow, well, he's the whole, not weird. The, whole the Massachusetts
2: has a Republican governor.
3: 71% approval, by the way.
2: And 71% approval rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitt Romney, obviously, in Massachusetts, was a Republican governor. They had a couple of Democrats in between. But it's interesting that a lot of these hugely liberal states, like Vermont and Massachusetts, have elected Republican governors. And they're popular. Huh. Hmm.
3: Stunning, huh. isn't it? Um, it's weird. I, I guess, I, I mean, you know, I don't know, obviously, uh, every in and out of these local uh, sort of states and the and, and ins and outs of everything there. But uh, it does seem like that approach, generally speaking, is what the American people want. And it's, you know, it would be nice if uh, maybe, I don't know, people at the national level made those same types of decisions. Lowering mm-hmm. taxes, lowering mm-hmm. regulation, making it easier for businesses to hire people. Things like that tend to do pretty well with the American people. So um,
2: every single one... Of the top 10 were Republicans.
3: Yeah. Now, the only thing that's a little misleading about that is uh, that there's a lot more Republican governors than there are Democrats. Right. Uh, but but it tells like, you something as well. Yeah. It's kind of, a, you know, there's a chicken and egg situation going on there uh, that you might uh, pick up on. But uh, yeah, I think, what is it, 34 Republican governors now? I mean, it's really, it's a lot. Uh, so there's not that many Democrats to pick from. Um, so that is a, a minor issue for the the Democrats. And I, you know, mm-hmm. look, there's a lot of these people in here that would not be. Uh, I would not be. I would not think we're particularly conservative uh, in approach. I'm sure if you go to Vermont and Maryland, you don't have
2: hardcore Ted Cruz type uh, Republicans. But yeah, I mean, that's look, are, understandable in those states.
3: There are there is room for that. I mean, like you know, as much as I don't like uh, Susan Collins as a senator, and she's going to be voting against uh, Obamacare repeal, but at least she was consistent and she also voted against it in 2015. When you're in Maine, that's kind of what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be lucky to get a Susan Collins in Maine because people in Maine mm-hmm. are Democrats. And they picked a basically a, de- a moderate Democrat to be their senator who occasionally votes with Republicans. And, you know, that's kind of a win, I guess, in, in Maine. Uh, it makes no sense to have these people who are weasels in these states where you could have Ted Cruz's all over the place. You could have Mike Lee's all over the place. You could have Rand Paul's all over the place. And instead, we have these establishment figures that do nothing but, uh, you know, continue these terrible policies that have been going on for a long time. And we've seen it with the Obamacare. The one upside, if you want to look for one, rumor is that they think they, uh, there's a good chance that tax reform gets done because of the failure of Obamacare. They will be so desperate to have any sort of accomplishment, they will make sure this gets done. Do I believe that? No. Of course I don't. No. And maybe they will get something done, but it'll probably suck. It'll probably increase taxes for everyone. It yeah, probably will.
2: Um, and well, at least everybody over $75,000 will get a tax increase because they're all wealthy. $75, uh, and under 75 we'll leave it at the same. If you make 10000 or less, we'll give you a little break. We'll go from 10 to 9%. So good luck with that. I mean, that's the kind of crap you'll get. So I, I I'm no not hope. terribly optimistic. Nope. Hi. This is a rather unusual problem Welcome back. Uh, for uh, a major, one of the largest, maybe the largest company in the world. Yeah, uh, Took it? out a little ad and there a little problem with it.
3: Well, uh, there was an issue with the ad? Yeah, uh, yeah a little I mean, bit. I don't think we should cover that on a show. We're on a national television show. you do going to cover when an ad happens to have an, uh, an issue? Well, know. it was a
2: pretty serious issue. Okay. Uh... The, the price
3: marked down too low or too no, high? Sometimes the prices get up. It was kind of
2: the description of the product. Oh, wasn't uh, it accurate, like false advertising type of thing? No. Well, I, I, you could say it's false advertising. Okay. But it was also a, a rather incendiary word okay. to describe a color. All right. The hair product in question was described as the N-word brown. Oh. Uh, which is somewhat problematic, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. On Walmart's uh, website. Uh, How does that happen? It's net durable, stretchy, weaving, net weaving cap wig cap. Size M, N-word brown. Okay. Uh, Stunningly, uh, Walmart uh, did not get into a boardroom meeting. You know,
3: know, we should call it N-word brown. Um, that's not the explanation you're going to get, if that's what you're expecting.
2: Is that not a color in, in uh, the Crayola crayon's I'm pretty sure box? that's not in
3: Crayola's box, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, they say they were v- are very sorry and appalled that this third-party seller listed their
3: item with this description on our online marketplace. Ah, uh, the old third-party seller excuse. Well, but it seems to be
2: actually true. Yes, I'm sure it is.
3: <laughs> um, and it has been removed. We're investigating. And then, so the, the company that actually makes this uh, product... Uh, said uh, it was not them who listed it either. It was an unauthorized third-party seller, so it was neither the company nor Walmart. Now, there's only two real ex- explanations for that. The one I just told you, which is uh, you know some third-party person doing a prank or trying to get a rise or make a news story out of something. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is a disgruntled employee who is trying to get the company in trouble. There's never a case in which... Walmart's like, you know what? Let's just put (laughs) put a racial slur as the description. I think people will really enjoy it. Uh, And that doesn't happen. That does not occur.
2: Uh, No, I don't think it does. Uh, You don't get to be the biggest company in the world by doing things like that. But, I mean,
3: that's what what they want you to believe, I think, by these stories about it. It's like, well, Walmart is racist. No. Here's another
2: indication of how evil Walmart is. No, it's not that. I've got a son-in-law who really believes that. Really? Yeah, he'll bring it up every once in a while. Yeah, like Walmart, uh, Walmart is responsible for that. For really? For, for what? Low, like pro, lower just, prices? Poverty. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. poverty? Yeah. Poverty.
3: It's amazing. I I always I'm always amazed by people who seem incredibly sensible on most issues. And then just have that one quirky, weird issue that you're like, how do you believe mm-hmm. that? Yeah. How does that, how does that enter into you? And there's, it's, it's so passionate,
2: adamant and passionate about yeah, it. Yeah. We'll not go to Walmart. Now my daughter does. No, she, <laughs> she goes, she doesn't care. Uh, but boy, he won't go into a Walmart. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I
3: just went to a Walmart uh, on, I guess it was Sunday. Yeah, I think it was Sunday. And I loaded up with four bags of delicious goodies for spoons. So let's see uh, which one. Oh!
2: Asian uh, vegetables today? Or I wanna, what do we have? No, no I'm, gonna show, I'm gonna show the cameras. Okay. Please don't. Don't. No. 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 I'm gonna show you. I'm to show no. you. This is, what,
3: this is what this legitimately says on my thing for spoons today. As a taste testing of junk food product that we're supposed to have. Food for today. An apple. <laughs> that is a, an apple. An apple? An
2: apple. An apple. Uh, we've are gonna. we tasted apples before.
3: I have four bags. I don't
2: know if this is a little joke. An apple. We'll I, it be, better we, will be, not,
3: we will not be taste testing an apple on this program.
2: This better be like kay? a third party vendor, like the <laughs> N-word situation. This better be some third party <laughs> vendor that got a hold of this. Here. You we, we, we need, we need to we need to make
3: some
4: decisions. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, we do. It's More good. Patents to it coming up. While we make this decision, who's going to continue to work for us? <laughs>
4: and <if they're> not. <laughs>
2: Uh, Fox News has apparently descri- uh, discovered that there was an eighth person at that uh, well, Donald Trump Jr. meeting. They're not, they're not, they, haven't dis- they haven't discovered there was an eighth person. They've discovered the identity of the The person. identity there of the was: it, okay. it was known there right. was an
3: eighth it, person there. No one knew who it was, really.
2: I, apparently, it was some, somebody by the name of V. Poutine. Um, and Poutine, P- if you've poutine. ever
3: had Poutine, it's, it's, it's a delicacy mm-hmm. kind of in... It's a good, you know, like a, I don't know, a late night food in Canada. Uh, P o u t i n e, and uh, it's uh, is that how they spelled it? No,
2: it was P u t i n, Hmm. and I was just uh, assuming it was sort of the the French pronunciation of the word. Okay, Uh, poutine. Uh, Maybe it was poutine Hmm. Uh, if it's not Hmm. French. I don't don't know. Uh, But no, they did actually. Did they say (laughs) they did did discover the the identity? Apparently, but I haven't seen that they've released the name. I'm sure we're hearing a lot about that. Yeah. uh, this is one of the most bizarre cases I have ever heard of this is a really weird a British woman went to the doctor she had <clears throat> an irritation in her eye and, and it was kind of blurry <laughs> and she thought that uh, <clears throat> she had cataracts and so uh, she showed up at the <laughs> ophthalmologist's uh, you know office and, and she wanted the con the cataract uh, extracted. surgery right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a cataract, it wasn't or... a cataract no it was 27 contact lenses all piled up on top of each other. Tw- 27 contact lenses in her eye. So was she just and they all to take them out? F- melded together. Uh-huh. How bizarre. She had no idea there were contact lenses in her eye, apparently. So I she, mean, she should not even wear contact lenses? How'd they get in there? No, she's she she've been wearing them for 35 years, but still didn't somehow... I That's what I don't... So she, she must have fallen asleep and not taken them out. 27? Well, I mean, she maybe <laughs> fell asleep a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable. Because you would think that would be visible. Yeah, you would think so, and painful. Mm-hmm. I mean, one con- I used to wear contacts all the time, <clears throat> and they can really irritate your eyes and especially if you fall asleep with them in there's going to be eye irritation and they're going to be hard to get out and they get all dry and she just thought she was getting old and had dry eyes you didn't realize Ah, you put in contacts without taking them out really weird situation uh the doctor said it was such a large mass all all the uh contact lenses were stuck together we were really surprised the patient didn't notice it because it would cause quite a lot of irritation while it was sitting there Hmm. The patient had been wearing monthly disposable contacts for 35 years but didn't regularly go to the eye doctor and had no idea that the contacts were in there. Uh, She was quite shocked, the doctor said, when she was seen two weeks after I removed the lenses. She said her eyes felt a lot more comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah. There must be something Mm. wrong with this woman. I mean, because you, you, you can't put contacts in there 27 times and not realize hey, I never took those out, right? And just in one eye, I, really weird situation. Seems very strange. Very, very strange story. There also might be something wrong with the
3: people who are making the new movie Valerian. Um, Valerian. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It actually Have you kind seen of the looks, previous It looks like they spent a lot of money on <clears> it. It um, looks
2: like they spent a lot of money, but it looks like one of those movies that you might, if you're, if you like sci-fi, you might think, hey, this is going to be fun, and then you go and you find out it's one of the worst movies ever done. Uh, that's the feeling I get maybe yeah. from this. To me,
3: I, are they targeting children? Like I'm not teenagers? sure.
2: I can't really tell. I um, think so.
3: It comes into theaters on July 21st, which is this Friday, right? Um, it is already yes. boasting an unusual high-stakes record. It is believed to be the most <clears throat> expensive film in history that oh. wasn't made by one of the six major studios. <clears throat> A $180 million budget in line with uh, things <clears throat> like Spider-Man Homecoming, but its production company, Paris-based Europa Corp is a fraction of the size of Hollywood's major players. 3D extravaganza is uh, c- uh, called a cross between Avatar and Star Wars. Valerian had, will have to overcome a host of obstacles to turn a profit. Released in the most competitive part of the summer movie season, it is the only big-budget movie that isn't based on characters or franchises already well-known to audiences. There is a foreign nature to the name itself. Valerian is based on a French comic book. To a U.S. <coughs> audience, that is an unfamiliar name, says uh, Europa <coughs> Corp. chief executive Mark <coughs> Schmuger. Um, now, a lot of these movies are now being uh, targeted towards the overseas audience, so that could be part of it. However, this is really a European argument, not even the Chinese uh, companies that have been trying to do this with some success lately. Um, if you see the footage, it is pretty amazing. I, I don't know if we have any uh, handy, but it the colors and, like, I mean, it looks in- impressive. Like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy looked impressive, yeah. right? Like, But it's, as you watch it, like, it's one of those things, this happens to me a lot. I'm not, I'm not in comic book geek culture very very much. Like, I, I don't really run in those circles. I know you're going to be shocked to hear that. So a lot of times like, these things, like Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example of it. When that came out, to me, that looked like the dumbest thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't believe they were making that movie. And apparently, obviously, it has a comic book background, so people, some people know the, the characters. Um, and then, of course, I actually really liked the first one. I thought it was really, really well done the first and First one was really good. The second one sucked. It's great. Yeah. Um, but the point is that like, sometimes these things catch me by surprise. So when I saw the Valerian uh, trailer, I was like, oh, all right, well, this must be something that a lot of people know that I don't know. It does not seem to be that way. It's like, okay, it's kind of people in France know it.
2: It's a city of a thousand planets or something, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, strange. Uh, but we'll see. They call it a, a mix between Avatar and Star Wars. It's, it, I mean, everything is a, a sequel this, this summer, it seems like. And, and didn't they just say that? Virtually all of them, all of the major competitors are sequels. Uh, things that we are already familiar with. Nobody knows this story. So, uh, when we have the trailer, let's, oh, yeah. let's take a little peek at it.
1: This mission is a simple in and out Agent Valerian, you'll be running solo I only work with my partner Hi We're a team go. You're running nearly
5: 20 minutes late Yeah, well, time flies when you're having fun
4: Welcome to Alpha. Hmm. The city of a thousand planets, where for hundreds of years, every species has shared their knowledge and their intelligence with each (coughs) other paradise.
5: Amazing.
6: After centuries of peace and prosperity,
4: an unknown force wants to destroy all we have created.
1: Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Let's Let's get to work. work.
6: Mm.
2: From the makers of three other very disappointing movies. Yeah, yeah. So, professional actress.
4: We need the two of you to be the guardians of our future.
1: You mm-hmm. sure you know what you're doing? Valerian, trust me
4: our destiny is in your hands i taught him how to do that yeah. i don't know
3: i just i don't know are they are they aiming at teenagers
2: must I, I be because of the the age of the two that are the rescuers looks directed toward kids yeah
3: their point seems to be: Well, Star Wars wasn't a sequel, and Avatar wasn't a sequel, and they made lots of money. So we should make lots of money with this. It doesn't always work out that way. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, while we're on entertainment, um, they, have you taken any of these master classes yet? Have you ever taken one of them, Pat? No, no. no, uh, no. I have not either. Although I want to, I feel like I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a new one with Steve Martin teaching comedy. How they, Wow! They, I mean, it's going to cost. It's ninety dollars to take the class. It's twenty-five video lessons. And I've, I've talked to people who have uh, taken some of these classes, and they're really good. Like, they do a really good job with them, apparently, and they get the best mm-hmm. people to teach them. I mean, Steve Martin teaching comedy is pretty, pretty freaking impressive. Uh, here's a clip from it.
5: Hi. I'm. Quiet. I'm Steve Martin, and welcome to Masterclass. I was talking to some students and they were saying things like, how do I get an agent? Where do I get my headshots? And I just thought, shouldn't the first thing you're thinking about is how do I be good? I have a little bit of a pet peeve for comedians who come out and say, how are we doing tonight? you have blown one of the most important moments of your show say i'm sorry we're out of the front <laughs> sorry we're out of the front <laughs> what <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of things we're going to talk about my specific process thank you performing comedy hey move that over there we're going to talk about writing ah! editing is one of your most powerful tools so that bit's not working it's gone the next night now what gets the laugh whenever <coughs> it's the word that gets the laugh. I always question it. An ultimate goal of mine is to work clean. Mm-hmm. Well, then you should take off that. Yeah. <laughs> I never actually thought I was funny. You may think I don't have any talent. I guarantee you, I had no talent. None. <laughs> Remember, you are a thought machine. Everything you see, hear, experience is usable. Oh, what? Oh. Whatever makes you unique as a performer, do it and know that there's room for you. Hey, welcome to Steve Martin's
2: Masterclass. Hmm, it seemed better in concept than in reality. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's great. I, I, it was I, great.
3: I bet it is actually. Uh, it, it
2: probably is. I, I'm, I'm a Steve Martin fan. It's
3: so. not. It's not going to. It's not a comedy show, right? It's like no. trying to be funny. It's right. trying to teach, trying you, to teach how you how to do be, that and how right. to how to go through that process. Uh-huh. And I bet that would be really interesting to watch. Um, it would
6: you know?
2: Can
3: I borrow ninety dollars?
2: No. <laughs> All right. Triple eight seven two seven. Beck. More patents too is uh, inevitable. Seventy five. No. Is
3: it, is I, I'm ask someone else for the,
2: the rest.
4: Yeah.
2: Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us, so we don't <laughs> have to talk anymore. <laughs> so Jeffy did send in. Uh, one. Oh, there he is. One thing.
3: <laughs> I guess he did, yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, his mic's not on. His so mic's not, so we do not what he was. It. But I guess but, he did. Uh, he's actually out sick today, obviously. Um, but but uh, he, he did send,
2: send him... a trailer of a new movie. Somebody called uh, Charlie's. Char- Charlie and the Chocolate. Char- Charlie's Turin has a movie out? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard All of it. All right. <laughs>
4: Someone set me up. Someone
5: from the inside.
1: What does it say? The classification. Lorraine, (laughs) there's a double agent hunting our operatives in Berlin. Your mission: find out who did this.
5: (laughs) Remember, trust no one. Your contact is David Percival.
2: But ah! so what was your first impression? Disastrous.
5: Berlin has its own set of rules. I trust you that as far as I can throw you.
0: You sent me into a nest. But then you knew that, didn't you?
4: Fasten your seatbelt.
5: The clock is ticking.
1: I'm impressed.
5: Mm. <laughs> well, so this is going to be great. Hey!
2: really does look fantastic. It really does look fantastic. I will say that. And I will say this. We're going to beat this a bit to death for <laughs> at least two
3: more weeks. And honestly, like, we don't even bail in the middle of the trailer. The whole no. thing airs. Yeah. I, as it, as it should. We maybe maybe as we should get should. a new trailer, though. Maybe we should work on that.
2: Uh, well, well, it's possible. There might be some
3: editing needed uh, to get it past the uh, Glenn Becky Beckian uh, you know, people who watch the show sometimes. Yeah. That might not be. But, I mean, again, we're just supporting the arts. Uh, That's that's what we do here. Uh, You know, we. uh, Well, this new person,
2: Charlize Theron, needs you know some sort of support, right, to get her career going. I mean, ooh, you know what? If we want to play this other trailer, we We better get to it. Here it is, uh, Darkest Hour.
3: This is the one I wanted from yesterday. Watch this.
1: right. We must now select my successor, and it's only one man the opposition will accept.
2: He stands for one thing and one thing only:
1: himself.
4: Why have I been forced to send for Churchill? This record is a catastrophe. Let
0: me see your true qualities, your lack of vanity. Yeah,
2: my
1: lying
0: will. Your sense of humor.
2: Ho, ho,
1: ho. Your Majesty. It is my duty to invite you to take up the position of
4: Prime Minister of this United Kingdom.
0: I speak to you for the first time as Prime Minister. The Germans have encircled 60 British and French divisions.
6: We are looking at a collapse of Western Europe in the next few days.
1: How long have they got if we don't rescue them? Maybe two days. We would need a miracle to get our men out. You have the full weight of the world on your shoulders.
2: We're facing certain defeat on land, the annihilation of our army, and imminent invasion. We must negotiate peace talks.
1: When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with tiger, when your head is in its mouth! Nonsense. The only slippery slope. Would you stop interrupting me while I am interrupting you?
2: (laughs) We have before us many, many long months of struggle and
1: suffering. Even though many old and famous states have fallen into the grip of the Nazi rule, we shall defend We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. For without victory, there can be no survival. Wow. I...
2: If that didn't say Gary Oldman, yeah. I, I would not have been able to identify him. in No, movie. I know that's incredible. Looks pretty good, actually. Yeah, it does. Uh, there was another I'm Churchill. I'm a sucker for wor- World yeah. War II movies. So as,
3: uh, yeah, I am, uh, and I, 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 for nothing before it for me. Uh, I'm a, I go to New World War II, and then that's I'll as cut far it back as you'll pretty go. Pretty much a hard cut right yeah, there. Yeah. No movies before that era. I don't <laughs> know why. No, I've never been able to actually explain that. But World War II movies, I'm all into. I just saw another Churchill movie, which I think was called <clears throat> Churchill. That was just out. Uh, which was interesting in that it focused on like the worst two weeks of Churchill's decision making, um, mm. maybe not even maybe five days. The whole movie was set in it was it was good it was well done but it wasn't like it, you know that's that's the story I want to hear about yeah. Churchill I want to yeah, hear like a great uh, one. him doing that. At,
2: also Dunkirk supposed to be great and that starts Friday I think uh, right and
3: also uh, Atomic Blond- blonde Day I guess is the name Atomic right? Blond- I don't understand Oh is that the Charlie's Char- movie Charlie Yeah Charlie oh, okay. uh, We live in a weird freaking world, man. Uh, You know, it's hard to understand the motivations of how certain stories get in front of you. And it's hard to understand how some are completely ignored. Um, We are kind of in that world where because people are, I guess it's political correctness, although that feels such a sort of stereotypical outdated term at this point. But a lot of it is that. People don't want to hurt people's feelings. You want to believe these things. Um, and a lot of times you find out the truth is, is a lot more complicated and sometimes completely wrong. Um, one of these stories I would bring to your attention on that front is the Rolling Stone story from uh, a couple of years ago now, where uh, a, a woman um, uh, who was not, uh, I mean, the, the, there was a, woman, a female author and a female uh, person in the, in the story who was the, uh, apparently raped. That was, the, uh, that was what we were supposed to believe, at least, uh, was raped in a terrible incident, which they described in gruesome detail throughout the story. Uh, and there are some questions to be asked about it. Um, one of the guys who actually asked the questions about it really kind of broke the story and brought it into the mainstream. And then eventually, obviously, the story <coughs> was proven to be uh, false, uh, is Robbie Suave from Reason Magazine and, and, and uh, Reason.com. Um, and, and interestingly enough, the story went all the way, if you remember, from being questioned, disproved, uh, retracted, and then a giant lawsuit uh, happened. I actually just heard an interview with the guy who created Rolling Stone, still owns the company, um, and he named it as the biggest mistake they made in the entire time the, the magazine had been in existence. Um, so, uh, oops. Uh, joining us now is Robbie Suave from Reason.com. Uh, Robbie, thanks for coming on the program. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. The, what, so there's a couple reasons we have you on today. Um, because number one is there's a case that we don't know the end of it yet, but the beginning of it looks awfully similar to kind of what we saw with Rolling Stone. You were one of the people kind of looking at this and asking really uncomfortable questions yet again. I don't know how you got this lot in life. Uh, <laughs> but can you walk us through this latest story with Cosmopolitan?
0: Uh, sure. Uh, so I saw this story. Yeah, like you said in Cosmo, uh, it's about a, a woman who works at an abortion provider uh, in North Carolina, and she says she was on a she was on a date with someone. She she knew who it was, uh, and uh, obviously she knew his name. And when he found out that she worked at an abortion <laughs> clinic, he got he got very uncomfortable. The date ended, and then she claimed that he actually followed her to her car. Uh, pushed her into the car, tied her up with the seatbelt, and uh, and raped her. And that she didn't go to the police right away. She didn't. Uh, she didn't. I think she eventually went to the police, but she didn't tell them who did it, it which is astonishing because she actually knows his name. And uh, and she and actually, actually, he continued to harass her. She claims in this in this uh, reported piece for Cosmo, he continued to harass her for months after, sending her voicemail messages and texts. She thinks the kind of protesters outside her clinic might be in league with him or or he told them what to say because they're saying targeted things that she remembered from the date uh which sounds kind of i mean that's you know that's a kind of a tough thing to 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 believe but i mean she she would know who it is so you you'd think there would be ways hmm. to verify it. but but what bothers me is there's nothing in the story that suggests that the reporter uh, you said, "Hey, what's this guy's name, so I can look him up on Facebook at the very least to, you know, know that he really exists." Um, your friend said they saw you that you were injured right after. Did she did she talk to the friends? Um, those kinds of things. It, it doesn't. It's not clear they were done, and those are the exact things that uh, that as you alluded to earlier, the author of the Rolling Stone f- story failed to do. So I've just been trying to, you know, just get answers to, you know, what, how, what, what did the editing and approving and, and verifying process look like? And Cosmo has not answered any of those questions.
3: Wow. I mean, that is really strange if you're going to you make a big deal about one of these stories that obviously they believe in and and, and or at least they say they do. And they were making a big deal out of it and trying to... Uh, Again, paint a broader storyline. This is never about one crime, right? right? It's about how basically men are constantly—it's a this rape case, culture. Yeah, it's a rape culture, and in this case, I think specifically targeting <clears throat> people who oppose uh, abortion as you know violent and angry and uh, and 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 out for these uh, apparently revenge attacks. And I guess you could make a case. That I'm sure this obviously has happened in you know over the years. Where a woman uh, is involved in a terrible incident like this, legitimately, uh, and then down the road says, you know, look, I don't want to go through the the, the terrible, uh, you know, process of reliving it, and doesn't report it. I, I think that's a terrible idea, but you know, I, I I can understand how it's possible. As you outline here, this was she was a subject of ongoing harassment over a long period of time, mm-hmm. and if she goes to the police and doesn't give their name. I mean, this does not seem like a plausible story. And obviously that's the best outcome here because then there wasn't an attack. Uh, I hope that's the way this turns out. But, I mean, when, when you're talking about basic journalism questions, what are, what's your recourse here? Can you? I mean, there's no way to force them to comment on it, but is it just trying to, try to right. draw attention to the story?
0: right I mean, that's that's what I've been trying to do I mean I, I began by emailing uh, the author and, and I I try to be polite about it I you know I, I I don't presume that that she's lying or that she or that she did a bad job I just said you know it looks some of the proof that I think would be necessary here is missing from the story but maybe you did that anyway and it just didn't survive into the final version mm-hmm. you know did you did you learn the guy's name I think that's you know so important even if you didn't contact him right did you did you Google his name to make to see that this person exists uh did you talk to the friends or her parents or or did you listen to any of the harassing voicemail messages he apparently left her um, those kinds of questions so she didn't answer those when i contacted her i then contacted Cosmo to ask if that was done and then i then i started you know tweeting at them slightly more aggressively i i still think politely just to just to kind of get their attention and uh, and they've said nothing and and you're right there's nothing i i guess i i can't i can't make them Um, I think it's important to note that the author of this story is a freelancer for Cosmo who appears to be an anti-abortion activist. Mm -hmm. uh, Would make me, you know, if I was going to edit or run a story by someone who is very clearly an ideologue for this cause, I'd want to be extra careful that their narrative is at least being vetted uh, because they are going to be prone, just like the author of the Rolling Stone story, to believe this anyway because it fits what they think. And so you have to be additionally careful. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like you said, I don't know if, if, you know, maybe women who work at, a, at abortion clinics, they are at, at higher risk of violence. That, that could be true. I don't know. I don't think really the story establishes it very well. But it cites this as a central anecdote to prove that case. And this one, this looks kind of uh, sketchy at the very least and certainly not, uh, not proven or demonstrated.
3: It's interesting because I think in some ways the Rolling Stone approach is is slightly more defensible and that like you wouldn't want to you could argue uh, we shouldn't contact this person uh, who is charged with these crimes because we don't want to alert this woman uh, the, to alert the guy that the story is going on and then he might wind up harassing the woman again. But when she's coming out publicly and allowing her picture to be in the story and her name to be printed. Mm-hmm. Whoever this guy is, if this actually happened, is obviously going to know that she's talking to the media and she opens herself up to that anyway. So there's really not that much downside to going and talking to this guy. And it doesn't seem like it, they did that unless it's just a really terribly written
0: story. Right, right, exactly. And, and we have to remember the, the, cra- you know, the cardinal mistake that Sabrina Rubin-Eardley, the author of the Rolling Stone story made, was relying on Jackie, the source... Uh, allowing Jackie to claim well this is what my friend said and my friends don't want to talk to you but this is what i recall them saying and early didn't follow up with the friends to mm. verify that and in here you know there there's sentiments sort of attributed to friends and it's not clear if the author if the author contacted them so it's it's almost the same thing and yeah i agree with i mean this woman uh, you know unlike Jackie the woman in this cosmos story is she is named she's her pictures there so she's not, uh, you know, which adds a certain amount of of additional credibility rather than just being quoted anonymously. But that said, I, I don't, you know, I don't understand not uh, not at least investigating whether this person exists, uh, particularly because he he's in a pattern of ongoing abuse of her.
2: Yeah, and and Robbie, I I mean, and the police. Yeah. I mean, he's he hasn't been. There's been no arrest, right? There's been no charge. Right. I mean, there doesn't. Without that, it's it's kind of weird to assume there is a crime. But nobody, I mean, even when she knows the guy's name, knows who did it. There's been there's been no law enforcement action here. That's
0: right. Pretty and suspect. I mean, part, it's pretty suspect too because I don't know how you would. It, 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 for 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 him for the perpetrator I don't know how he would have expected to get away with this right I mean right. The reality sexual assault on campus is is unlike the false Jackie story it's not a premeditated you're lured to an upstairs room you're attacked by several people it's I mean the reality is and Candace Jackson got in trouble the the uh, education department official for saying this last week but but it's true. That alcohol abuse is the background for for you know the, kind of most of what we understand to be sexual assault. It's it's intoxicated victims and perpetrators, hazy recollections. I, I'm, not, I'm not making excuses for that. that. that's wrong, and those people should still be held accountable. Yeah. But That's how that's how these incidents unfold because then you can't remember and you you know what ha- you have to try to piece it together, and that allows uh, act you know actual perpetrators to get away with it. The sort of planned, premeditated, fully conscious victim who you then harass for months after? Bizarre. How would you expect to, to get away with that? It's
2: bizarre. And we're also supposed to, I guess, be led down the road of this guy raped her, at least in part because she works at Planned Parenthood, right? So he hates abortion, but he condones rape. Uh, he's, <laughs> that's that's, he's uh, that's kind of a weird Christian zealot there, but um, you know, I guess there's no accounting for these nut nut cases. Um, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is a weird, <laughs> weird set of <laughs> beliefs. Uh, there. It is, uh, Robbie. I'm glad you brought up Candace Jackson, though, because this is a story I don't think it has has had a lot of attention. Were these comments really controversial? I think most people. I think it's controversial to say, but most people believe that in these cases where really bad things happened, I mean, it's no surprise that alcohol is involved a lot of the times.
0: That's right. And you know, her she said, well, it's 90% and she she used an exact figure which of course that's you know, that's not a scientific statistic. So it, probably that was an exaggeration, but if we're being a little charitable to her, the sentiment is correct that that you know, I've I've read and reviewed uh Probably a hundred different Title IX campus sexual assault disputes, and the vast majority involve one or both being intoxicated. And, she, and Candace Jackson also said that you know these are being these are being filed months after, and and that's also true in in many of these that I read. And I, I honestly have read the transcripts of of many of a great deal of these accusations. Often they are filed months or even a year later after you know, after there's there's been some additional falling out of the people. Involved. I I don't mean to suggest that 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 women are lying or, or that these aren't serious or that people shouldn't be held accountable, but they are much, much messier. Uh much more confusing for people to kind of sort out who was right, who was wrong, was there consent? If you were both drinking, if you were both unable to give consent, did you actually sexually assault each other? Or mm-hmm. are we just holding men accountable because we kind of have that that norm, which I, I don't understand why feminists are suddenly in favor of when it comes to these kinds of issues? <laughs> um, so so they're they're difficult issues, and and broadly what Candace Jackson said about it, I think is correct, and I I hope that. As the education department, as the Office for Civil Rights moves forward, they're they're kind of more serious about whether campuses should handle these things uh, according to a standard that violates due process, or whether the police should handle these things.
3: We're trying to Robby Suave for a reason. I'm sure you put some thought into this, and I, I, I'm a little perplexed by it. The the uh, the what is the motivation for people who are claiming this rape culture to uh, advocate for colleges to be? the arbitrator of these cases rather than the legal system isn't the legal system i mean i definitely think that's the appropriate place for it but what is the motivation to not want the police to be involved in these cases
0: well the the kind of being most charitable to them they're right that uh, it is hard to bring these cases to trial through the existing criminal justice system uh, and a lot of them stall out a lot of times there just isn't good evidence it's hard it's hard to prove even if you're even if you're right because people have you know bad memories for things that happen uh, during alcohol abuse, and if there's no obvious sign of the trauma, if they didn't go to the hospital right away, and and kind of have a rape uh, kit performance, uh, th- that you know that creates actual evidence, but you don't always do that. Uh, so so the criminal justice system probably does need reform to be able to handle these accusations better. But I don't know why they don't concentrate their efforts there. The less charitable explanation is that uh, I mean there there's there's a certain amount of Uh, 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 I think unnecessary attention being paid to the college problem when we know from statistics that uh, women who are not in college are actually at greater risk of being sexually assaulted, which is surprising until you you think about it, because women not in college are, are disproportionately uh, uh, less wealthy and, and less privileged, and they're they're less white, and they're you know people trapped in in abusive relationships or in low-income communities. Those are the people at risk of violent attack and they only have the regular criminal justice system to go through. But for some reason, we're paying attention to, the, to vastly more privileged uh, people who, who are victims or claim victims uh, who are less likely to suffer violence, and we say they need this, uh, this quasi-legal system uh, where their accusations don't have to be proven in a court of law. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's sort of weird anyway.
3: Mm, it really is. It's, it's one of the strangest things, because you'd think if your concern is the victim's, yeah, and there are those, those, those problems with the legal system. You, you work on reforming that. We've reformed other parts of the legal system with some success over the you know, fairly recent uh, history. You'd think that there would be a, a tension there. And instead, it, it almost feels as if it's really just a political uh, case there. It's really not about the victims. It's just about, you know, these organizations trying to prove there's this massive problem when, when you really look at it, it doesn't seem like a systemic problem like that actually exists.
0: Right, it's a problem, but and maybe it's even a systemic problem, but it's a different one than the one they're talking about. It's a problem of it's a binge drinking culture. It's uh it's a they 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 party too hard. Uh it's a it's a it's a culture of, of uh, abuse dependency, uh things like things of that nature. Is it a it's it's a culture maybe of of of, of uh you know, uh touching people or being too forward with people. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of I would say sexually inappropriate uh, uh, touching it—that's it, really what the one in five statistic reflects—is that you know, you know people get groped at parties, but that like, but that's part of the statistic when people have say sex one when five, they're drunk. Women are going to be horribly mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. horribly sexually assaulted. They're actually, you know, people in that survey said, "Well, I was made fun of at a like, that person is reflected in that statistic, uh, which, which I'm not saying is good. I'm not saying right. we can't talk about ways to solve that. I'm just saying that's different than saying one in five women are going to be, you know, held down and forcibly raped at, at gunpoint or at fist point or something.
3: Mm. Amazing stuff. And it's just the stories that uh, the media actually does not seem to want to look at at all. And I'm glad you're drawing attention to them. And, and keep us updated. If you hear from Cosmopolitan, I, I'd love to know if there's any way we can gr- draw attention to this, because... I, it, it definitely seems shady. Like this, the story does not mm-hmm. seem right. I, ho- I you know, and I hope we're right on this. I hope that there is no attack because that's always the best outcome here. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know how you get your answers. I mean, you know, you feel like Rolling Stone, who is not exactly a, a super high level journalistic organization, um, it, it has a little bit more. Um, jur- journalistic credibility to actually answer your questions. I don't know that Cosmo is uh, normally used to this sort of inquiry, uh, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm very interested to see how it uh, how it plays out.
0: I, I appreciate you calling, uh, calling attention to this. Uh, I'll uh, keep you updated. All
3: right. Robbie Swaby from Reason.com. Thanks for coming on the program. That's a Thank weird you. one, man. Yeah, it it's, is. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, these things keep happening. And, and it's like, and I guess, you know, this is probably every media organization at some level feels this. Like, I'm sure there are times where, you know, uh, uh, right-wing organizations, um, they want to blame some left-winger, and it's easier to to put that in there without the same standard of proof. The same thing with left-wing, you know, Rachel Maddow, it's a lot easier to, to blame Donald Trump for something than their own party. And I think this happens here, was when you have invested in this narrative of rape culture that every guy wants to rape, 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 rape all the time, you find these stories and you're just, you're just willing to be like, ah, even if it's not true, it's true. In that, in that uh, interview with the Rolling Stone guy, he said that the story was inaccurate, but the narrative was true. Essentially, like guys really are raping mm. all the time, but we just happened to pick one that wasn't true. That was essentially his point. Pathetic.
2: It's incredible. Yeah. Even after going through that. Triple eight seven two seven Beck, more Patton Stewart coming up. Oh, I love that show. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Ben called the greatest show I've ever done. Is I've that thought. the one where they keep featuring that trailer with charity? Ch- ch- uh, no, I don't think so. I don't remember charity
3: seeing that. charity. Uh, Ther- 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 Theron? I, Not that I know I, of. I can't remember the name. We should.
2: Hello and uh, welcome, It's Patents, to Triple A Seven Two Seven. Back. Guess, uh, lately, you've been trying to push down the truth
3: teller that is Alex Jones, not not letting his voice be heard. I don't know. Is that a, am I just detecting that out of nowhere?
2: Is that what's happening? Uh, it's not out of nowhere. I, I'm very afraid of his truth telling. That people will catch on to it and understand that you know being part of the CIA and their cover-ups uh, that he could shut us down. Wow, <laughs> actually. And I. I fear that. crazy. much more than I hope for. I kind of thought you just denied it. <laughs> no, nah, you just you <laughs> cracked me right there. It's like Perry Mason was interrogating me. I way better than I couldn't I couldn't stand up to it. I just, be I, it's like I'm on the witness stand and I just, I mean, these bright lights shining in my eyes. The only thing I could do was confess. I kind of thought you'd just say, actually, no, let's play the video. But <laughs> All right, I'll say it now. No, let's play the video. <laughs> the company Store, the paradigm of absolute control. And that's why we're just out here doing simple things, pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural. And this is where we find the source that God made to transcend the new world order. And
3: that's why they want <laughs> to try to keep us out of it.
2: Is he actually I'm naked there? Green. I don't know. enough of
4: these people. <laughs> of Christian giant death keeping babies alive. body parts. What? what do you <laughs> know about these people? i go this <laughs> disco They
2: literally crawl out from under
3: They
4: have green looking skin And they run around screaming We love
2: Satan, we wanna eat babies You don't remember that? <laughs> I <it> know! on video <laughs> He has <it> on video. <laughs> he has on video, wow In the same room
1: with that creepy,
4: weird woman whose mother wears her all over her head. What? That woman, number one, is ugly. Wait. Imagine <laughs> how bad she smells, man. <laughs> I told her, and Obama just speak. <laughs> Obama and Hillary both smell like sofa.
2: Okay. Walking looks really hard for him. <laughs> I think he's actually totally nude in that shot. Really? And thankfully, we only see from the uh, barrel chest up. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I, I want to see that whole thing. That is a fantastic job by whoever did that. Who, who are the guys that did that? I think it's that, from that Super, Deluxe site. Yeah, Super Deluxe. Yeah, Super yeah. Deluxe. Really mm-hmm. they funny. Do, they do they, a lot they, of Alex Jones stuff. They turned his actual words into the song and just sang it. Or it's nice. It's kind of soothing. a nice little acoustic guitar background. It was nice. It's it was actually good. the
3: most soothing delivery of eating babies that I've ever. heard. <laughs> yeah, it was.
2: Uh, yeah, and green a... people literally crawling out from under rocks and uh, screaming about Satan or whatever it was that they were screaming. Uh, it's very fascinating stuff. So he's got video of this stuff. He has him on video. He's he got really him, on video, him on video. Man, um, I, and know, I, I didn't know that uh, both. Uh, Hillary's. Uh, 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 um, Who he? I'm trying to think of her name. The you know the wife of uh, Uma Abedin? Yeah, Uma mm-hmm. Abedin and Barack Obama uh, both smell uh, like sulfur. I, I didn't realize that. Well, um, he's told he's been told that. It's been told. He hasn't actually that sniffed they stink, them That they himself. smell
3: bad. Uh, but he has been told they smell like sulfur.
2: Hmm. Okay.
3: It's interesting. There's nothing we can do about that. Um, you know, it's funny. I, if I heard this story on uh, Alex Jones's program, I would uh, I would probably not believe it. However, China <clears throat> is apparently um, working about working on uh, armies of super soldiers
2: mm-hmm. um, and engineering hypermuscular super dogs. I want to see the picture of this supermuscular uh, super dog because uh, you can't believe it when you see the. the the photo of it now, I, don't, I don't know maybe we don't have the photo okay that would have been an important part of that story but uh, we don't have it <laughs> but it is I think they look like
3: it looks like Alex Jones as a dog it's a big barrel chested uh, doggy.
2: although a little more muscular yeah, much more muscular yeah, so. um, now,
3: it, that I think a lot of the footage you see of Alex Jones I mean he looks yes he, does he look like a flat like a doughboy yes. you know uh, late 50s uh, you know grandfather yes However, uh, a lot of those pictures, they don't tell you this, uh, were taken before he took a uh, male vitality
2: formula, um, which uh, can, from what I understand, wow. uh, really turn your life around. Yeah, but can I get some of those? Uh, I mean, if it works so well for him, can I get them? Uh, you know what? You can. In I can. In fact, if, apparently you can, <clears throat> you can get them through his website. Uh, which he, is. He sells them. Does he really? I know it's surprising. Oh, wow, that is—it's
3: almost like he's actually <laughs> motivated by
2: selling the pills. No, and so, and so, no, but you know that's not true. No, I mean, look—he's a, you know a truth teller. You know that's not true. He's a truth uh-huh. teller. he absolutely is. I
3: actually do believe he thinks of himself that way. Uh, I think he. Oh yeah. He, he does. While he yet yeah, will he scam <clears throat> his audience to sell pills? Sure. I mean, that, but that's a <laughs> side effect. To uh, to what he really believes, which I think he really does believe uh, in every conspiracy theory known to man.
2: Well, and here's another one that he can share: uh, your smart speaker is listening and recording you. Oh my gosh! So put that in your pipe and smoke it, okay? You're a little. I, Alexa? Does that mean like Alexa? Yeah, that's a picture there. A little. And Alexa Google uh, Home. Google Home. Which one do you have? Uh, we have Alexa. Yeah, said so we. Rarely, rarely use it. Really? Do you, yeah.
3: Do you use yours? Yeah, you know, a decent amount. I use it because I really like it as a speaker. It's actually a nice stereo speaker, so when you when we listen to music, instead of, you know, that's, that's yeah. where the music, that's where we listen to Does it get really loud? Yeah, the, this it? one does. So do you have this one? <clears throat> uh, no, okay. I do not. Do you have the, the dot, or the, the dot is the really small one, like almost flat? It's not flat. super
2: small, but it's... It's smaller than that, okay. it's kind of flat and round.
3: Okay. Yeah, because there there's three versions of it. There's basically small, medium, large. That's the I must one have in the that medium. picture. Yeah. Um, I have I have one of each basically at this point. Do you? Um, and so the small one is is not a great speaker, but it's you know it'll, it'll it, I have one up in my office here.
2: Is uh, the medium one better? Than, uh, the medium is one is nice? Good?
3: It's, it's portable. You can so it's, you charge it, and you can just take it off, and it's wireless. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a nice little feature, um, and you can just you know you can, you can charge it. That one though, you have to press a button on to actually get it to work. And then there's another one, uh, the, the, big, the big boy,
2: um, which is nice. I, I actually really like them. I keep thinking about getting the Google, Google Home one because that seemed to work better when we tested it.
3: Oh, you tested them side-by-side side one day, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I don't think it was here that day. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Um, uh, but uh, I guess uh, we. Uh, this is uh, from PJ
3: Media has a story on this. We've become accustomed to being tracked by Google in exchange for Google providing us driving directions. We probably mm-hmm. ignore the fact that tracking occurs even when we're not navigating. We also allow other apps to track us as well. Yelp attracts us to be able to offer yeah. better selections to restaurants nearby. And Facebook tracks us to mm-hmm. provide more relevant postings. Yes. Um, you know, uh, the same thing happens with, uh, like, you know, your w- Waze. Do you use Waze at all? The um, the traffic uh, navigation I have app? it,
2: I've never used it. It's, it's on awesome. my phone, though.
3: It's awesome. I mean, it's, better, it? it's so much better than the normal navigation because it's all really? crowdsourced. Yeah, because the, if you have Waze and you're driving and then you slow down to traffic to 20 miles an hour, Waze knows it, and so everyone else coming behind you, they route those people around the traffic. Wow. So when there's someone in front of you on the same road and there's, there's traffic ahead, they'll, they'll have you get off and route you around the traffic, and they'll put you through these side roads and everything else. It really works really well. Uh, Waze is a really nice product. But again, it's because... These products work really well when you give them a lot of information, like, for example, your exact speed, your exact location, um, and where you're going. Um, So, uh, And I think that's true. We've kind of traded our privacy uh, on that front individually with companies, not with the government, but individually with companies to make our lives a little bit better. I mean, it is true that it's nice when you're somewhere and you're like, I want to get something to eat. And you can search restaurants and find 10 restaurants within a mile of wherever you are. I mean, that's a nice feature. Um, But the question is, is it too much? Smart speakers are being marketed to us as a great convenience, just as tracking was convenient for navigation. These devices are almost magical. They're easy to use, save us time, and provide us with useful information. They're incredibly useful devices, providing answers and help throughout the day. There is a potential for abuse because that microphone is turned on and listening all the time. Manufacturers can can collect audio uh, recordings at their whim and do with them, whatever they choose. Up to now, we've trusted Amazon, much like we trusted Google with our private inf- information, but that may change. Uh, the Verge is saying that Amazon is beginning to allow third-party developers to gain access to the audio recordings that come from their Alexa devices. Amazon has justified <laughs> this as a way to attract more developers to create skills for Echo wow. um, and to keep them working uh, on competitors' uh, products. Amazon told The Verge, when you use a skill, we provide the developer the information they need to process your request. We do not share customer-identifiable information with third-party skills without the customer's consent. We do not share audio recordings with developers. Well, we
2: may have really created a beast here. I mean... Yeah, but, when, but we,
3: I don't have to press a button to find the weather. <laughs> I just have to say, what's the weather? Right. Alexa, what's the weather?
2: That's true. And then they, she true. tells me the weather. And it's, Yes.
3: Because uh, normally I would have to go on my phone and like, press the weather app. To see that, but now no, it's I don't really have to do hard. That. I decided right. to say, it.
2: "Yeah, that's really hard." So. so you're right; it's worth giving up our security for uh, a little bit of convenience.
3: To, while we're on right. this, I wanted to tell you: Do we need a constitution? Do we need
2: it? I mean, is that something we ever is required? I mean, we could always just go. Like, I mean, well, what are you? Be... Are you saying you don't trust your government? No, I right. I do. Okay, then no, we don't need okay. one. Okay. If you trust your government, thank God. Right? You trust? You can trust Google. You can trust Amazon, even though they're selling to third-party vendors now. <laughs> all your information and in your recordings the problem. I, 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 don't I, I worry about that you don't I even worry that about it we we can we can act all
3: uh, worried about it all we want the bottom line mm-hmm. is As long as these products are really good, we're going to keep using them. (laughs) That's true. That's that's it. They're going to have to start sucking before we stop using them. Let's take a break. We have spoons on the other side. I believe uh, it's reported we have an apple to taste.
2: (laughs) So we'll try that. I can't even imagine what that must taste like. So is it an apple? Is that like a uh, vegetable? Is it a a cracker? I don't even know what category it falls Uh, into because I've never heard of an apple.
3: Uh, this tweet came in, and it was it hurtful. I mean, I guess a little bit. I have a theory that your producers are sabotaging spoons, possibly
2: as requested by your wives. Wow. Are, are they kind of saying or implying a little bit there that, that we're fat pigs? Well, they're, they're saying that we're um,
3: overweight. overweight. I think is what they're trying yeah. to say. Uh, yeah. So we have today an apple. That's a very uh, strong know, possibility, though. There it is. Uh, an apple. Here's, uh, here's the apple. Mm-hmm. They're saying we're fat, so we should eat an apple. <laughs> So uh, I went into my stash and got these instead. Here they are. Uh, The actual (laughs) thing we're going to try today. These are diet chips, though. Diet chips. Oh, absolutely. Diet chips. The
2: the bag is green, so it's made with lettuce. There's only 150 calories per ounce. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, pretty good. These
3: are new Poppin' Jalapeno Limited Time Edition Doritos. Um, We really, I love Doritos. They're my favorite chips, really. Um, Yeah. And Poppin' Jalapeno sounds like a good combination.
2: Okay, Poppin' Jalapenos. Jalapeno. Mm. Mmm.
3: Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's got a jalapeno uh, popper flavor. Waiting for a kick here. A little bit of a bite, very small. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a huge bite. I would say, but they, these
2: never have, you know, a really big spicy bite. Try not to crunch in your ears too much. But they're good. Mm. They're good. They're cheesy, nice and crispy, and cheesy, and a little jalapeno-y. If I make a little comparison uh, as
3: an expert on this particular topic, uh, the uh, jalapeno Cheetos have a similar sort of vibe. But there's a little
2: hit. You can taste the jalapeno. There's not a huge kick. The fire is inaccurate there. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not super hot. They're not fiery. Just a little spice. I could stand them to be quite a bit fiery. Yes, and,
3: and, and quite, quite a good, bit more. Though. I mean, they're good. They're Doritos. Yeah, they are good. Um, so I would give these uh, a
2: 13 on a, a one to 18 scale. <laughs> I'll give them a 14.
3: I Love. like them. Mm. I I need
2: a bunch on a road trip, you know? Oh, yeah,
3: or today. Or or right now. I have a question for Glenn on Ask Glenn Anything. Do you? What's his favorite kind of Doritos? I'm I'm actually going to raise this up to a 15. I'm going to match your rating. Are you? 14 to 15. They're they're freaking good. Uh, We are having a a series of shows called Ask Glenn Anything, and you can ask him whatever you want, even about Doritos. Let's Mm. see if that's asked
2: here.
4: Okay. First, I want to thank you for giving my husband and I the strength and the courage mm. to homeschool our child.
6: Oh, wow. Good for you. Um,
4: we had, we're also adoptive parents.
6: Wow.
4: We were handed this little boy when he was just about four years of age, and I mm. was told, uh, you're getting a very highly functioning zucchini. Don't spe- expect too much of them. You're, you two are very smart. Please don't expect too much of him. Um, Where is he now? (laughs) Well, we're homeschoolers because of you. He's going into the twelfth grade year. Good for you. For me, he's an A plus student. Yeah, was never one before in either uh, Catholic school, public school, or on cyber school.
6: Judy, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations.
4: I'm thrilled, and, and, and I lo- a lot of this is, is you and your, your merry band. Well, thank you. And one of the things we did when you were on Fox, uh, uh, Founding Fathers Friday, yeah. was mandatory mommy homework
1: ah, well, for a,
4: a, a kindergartner who would get himself up out of his nap hour ah. to come and watch it. Thank you. He loved it. Thank you. Uh, bring that back, please, if you can, in some fashion. Okay. It's invaluable. And um, he's looking to go into nursing for college, mm-hmm. and he wants to be a marine.
6: Well, that is great. Thank you, Judy. And, no, so, and so, so how you. can how can we help you? Or what is your question today?
4: My uh, well, and the other thing is, my question is, how do we help you spread the word? And and do what we can to reinforce what you're doing. Number one, and number two, you mentioned something in passing on the radio about Generation Z. Yeah, and I'd I'd love to hear more about that because I think I'm raising one.
6: Okay, so um, let me just uh, I'm going to hang up with you, Judy, and I'll answer on the uh, on the air here. But um, uh, Generation Z uh, is the next generation behind the millennial, behind uh, Generation uh, Y, uh, or Generation X, right? So Generation X is the millennial. Um, And uh, they are... No, what is it? Just tell me. Generation X, then the millennials, now it's Generation Z. Okay, so Generation Z is the next one that's coming up right now. uh, And they are, uh, according to research, they are libertarians, uh, they tend to be more social liberal uh, but not crazy social liberal and uh, very small government, very much more, you know, tiny house, uh, understanding small um, payments and economically, fiscally um, conservative. And these are the people that is the generation that we have not lost. And I, I am convinced that this is the generation that was coming up while we were doing the tea parties and, and why we have to be so very careful on this particular scandal for the next year or however long this damn scandal is going to last. We have to be very, very careful because they cannot hear us now sell out the principles that we said because we want to win. We've raised them. We've raised them right. We have an opportunity They are they are going to if we prepare them, they are going to be able to go into the colleges and fight this nonsense. Uh, And this is really good, but we have to be careful uh, and do everything we can. And it's why one of the things I'm doing is retooling my entire company to aim right directly to them to be able to strengthen you and to be able to strengthen them. Um, this is something that we tried to do and somehow al- we got lost along the way. And, uh, I, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, about eight months ago, my wife said in a, in a, in a really angry way, cause something had happened and, uh, uh, <laughs> I was being accused of all kinds of stuff. And, uh, she said, sell it, sell it all. Get rid of it. I don't care if we lose absolutely everything. Get rid of it. We're done. And uh, I just sat there quiet for a while and I said, we can't. And she said, oh, I said, but we can do it right. And uh, so we are. How can you help me? Keep me in your prayers. Um, That's it. Keep me in your prayers. Uh, When we have stuff that I believe is worth bringing to you and saying, hey, share this with a friend, I will tell you. Um, uh, We're proud of a lot of things that we're trying out and doing on The Blaze, but I am not to a point yet to where I feel I can come to you and say, hey, would you go tell a friend? Would you go try to get a new subscriber? Um, Not yet. When it's on the air, I'll ask for your help. Uh, Let me go to line 10. And it's Lyle in Virginia. Hello, Lyle. You're on the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Hi, Glenn. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and I'll get right to, the, well, let me say I've been a Blaze subscriber since the beginning. Thank you. And listened to you on the radio since well before that. So I really do appreciate everything that you do. Thank you. But I wanted to ask you point blank uh sometimes I feel that you get frustrated by the fact that you aren't having enough of an impact. And I see you having a great amount of impact. And I wondered if you felt that you needed to do more than just help us become better than who we are, one-on-one, one-to-another. Uh, programs like Labor of Love, uh, the 912 Project, these are all Things that may not have a huge bubble of impact, but they are changing lives individually, one on one. And I wondered your take on uh, why you seem to be thinking and feeling you need to have a bigger
6: impact than you. Uh, no, I, think I you really. Are.
1: So that's my question.
6: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Lyle, I actually don't think I need to have a bigger impact. Um, I think I I haven't come to you. People come to me, or used to come to me and say, Glenn, okay, I got it, I got the problem, so what do we do? And I've said on this program many times over the last, uh, you know, 18 months, I don't know, I don't know. And um, in the last year, uh, there was a time that I was just like, I am out, I am out, I got nothing. And very, very discouraged. And discouraged in a lot of ways because I didn't understand what happened to the right. I didn't understand... And many people in this audience didn't understand, I still get it today, you sold out. I didn't, I haven't changed any of my principles. I still believe in exactly the same things. But the whole universe has shifted around us. So we both are looking at each other thinking that we changed. I don't think you changed, if you disagreed with me. I don't think you changed. I think that I didn't see that your situation hasn't changed since 9-11. Um, that you, many people are struggling to tread water. And, you know, I look at the insurance thing, and, and I look at that as what am I doing for my employees? And quite honestly, everybody here who is an employee, they're not really struggling with insurance. They, I mean, until probably now, some people are having problems um, because we gave everybody the best. Well, the best isn't even available anymore. And so now what do we do? And you've been on that trail for a long time. So what I want to do here is figure out how I can help you. I'm really, I don't care if it's one person. Um, uh, I really still believe that this audience can change the course of the nation. Uh, And I need to help you calm the chaos in your own life. I mean, right now, things on my chalkboard in my office are, no more stories about how bad health insurance is. Blaze, if you want to write stories on health insurance, if you want to say that things are so bad in Ohio that there's only one option, okay, good. Who's doing something for the people in Ohio that our listeners who are stuck in that situation, they can, they can ha- they have some sense of hope and help. We don't need to point it out anymore. And um, go ahead. Let me add, uh, I
1: agree with you completely. And what I think I know I'm feeling is that there is a huge amount of change going on. And the things that you're advocating, that you're teaching, that you're putting forth, the time is not right right now for that. But it won't be long before all this comes to fruition.
6: And Lyle, I will tell you. The
1: work that you've laid will will make a huge difference.
6: I I couldn't agree with you more than than what you just said. And here's the thing. We, uh, I remember going to Birmingham and standing backstage and saying, none of this is going to make sense to people. And I remember marching and people saying, why are we marching together and why are you wanting people to lock arms and why are you doing all this? And I said, because the time is coming really soon where we're going to turn on one another. And I, in that speech I talked about, don't go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. There are going to be people who will tell you, go this way. Don't. You'll know. You know right now what's right. And very soon you're going to be confused. I didn't even know what that meant, but look what happened. And I really, truly believe that the things that we're doing right now, the time might not be right. I think it is. I think, I think it is. Um, and Maybe not for the general, but for this audience, it is right now. And we can make a, a huge difference. Imagine if no one was standing up and saying, stop, stop. Stop. Don't do what Bill Clinton and the Democrats did. Don't. Don't do it. Don't get into the fight. Don't um, defend. Don't um, tear apart. Don't. Just leave it alone. Speak reason and talk about where we should be going, how we can, and speak words of empathy. I understand why you feel this way. If no one is doing that, Show me the end game. It just keeps going and going and going until what? Until what? We have to train right now. And the great thing is, um, no one ever lives up to, nobody ever rises to the occasion. It doesn't happen. Nobody suddenly rises to the occasion. The reason why we haven't found a George Washington is because no one had the training to be George Washington. we got to train them. We have to train ourselves. We will rise to the level of our education. We will rise to the level of our preparedness. We will not rise to the level of our expectations. We will rise right to where we have prepared ourselves to go. I've prepared myself to stand firm and not move no matter what. There was not one time, and I know this will make a lot of people very angry with me, and I'm sorry, um, but there there hasn't been one time that I have had a serious conversation in the last two years of, okay, guys, this is really getting tough, and we're really starting to really hurt with sponsors or money or subscribers or something like that. Not one time. We know what we know. What I don't know is how to present it to people, necessarily. And that's what I'm trying to learn. But I know what is true. And so do you. So do you. And um, when we prepare ourselves to stand, we will flip things.